With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Wow, heck of a Sunday in the NFL. Week 14 did not disappoint, and it's not over yet still. A doubleheader on Monday Night Football to come. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Lombardi Line, presented by DraftKings. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Vaughn, and Tony with you. And, and Michael, I got to say, before we dive into what are a ton of topics, because yesterday was such a fun and exhilarating day in the NFL. Last week, I came into the show so doom and gloom. It was like, the NFL's the worst. I'm never betting it again. I hate it so much. I am refreshed. I am rejoiced. Rejuvenated. Yesterday was such a good day. And I know you were 2-0 and in your picks, too, going into today. Yeah, and I'm not taking the loss in the Russo contest. I'm going <laughs> to protest completely. There's no way he's sticking me should. with that one. Uh, and, and and if he wants verification, I did take the Rams as a replacement. Or if he can give me the he can give me Seattle in 16, I'll take that, too. But I'm not taking the loss. Congratulations to you, too. It, it was a funny weekend. I, I, think, I think a lot of the, the one game... And, and this doesn't deserve a lot of attention, but the one game that I thought was handicapped correctly that went the wrong way was the Carolina game. You watch that game, and for the score to be indicative of what the game was, considering that I don't think Carolina punted after the first quarter in the game, but it was typical of Carolina not being able to close out. Miles Sanders gets a long run to the one-inch line, and they're kicking a field goal after a first and goal. So, it was a fascinating weekend, Stormy, and we got two more today, and I think it's going to continue to get. But the big story, as you'll tell us, is still in Kansas City. <laughs> Which, okay, let's go out to Arrowhead and let's talk about the last couple minutes of that game, especially because I don't think we've ever seen Patrick Mahomes that worked up in his career. That was a completely different guy that we saw at the end of that game. For anybody who missed it, and I don't know how you could, there's this incredible play at the end of the game. Travis Kelsey laterals it, scores, looks like the Chiefs are going to do what the Chiefs do, specifically against the Bills, mind you, because we even talked about it yesterday. The PTSD that Buffalo must have with Kansas City for 13 seconds gave Patrick Mahomes way too much time at the end of the game once again, but end up not being able to deliver in that moment because Kadarius Tony lines up offside before the play began you take it away Michael well look I, I mean I don't even know why we're having the conversation the conversation should really be around why Sean McDermott didn't really manage the game well at the end of the game I mean that's really the conversation the the Tony was offside 
And let's just hypothetically say this, Stormy. Say that a Buffalo Bill player lined up offsides on the defensive, on the on the Mahomes' left, the defensive right. The the line judge wouldn't have been able to call offsides because he couldn't see the ball. <laughs> the guy covered the ball completely. So you couldn't officiate the game accurately. Had that had he been offsides and they didn't call it, Mahomes is right. I think we've made way too much of this. That's completely wrong. You've got to officiate the game. The guy is overtly offsides. Now, understanding that if they would have scored, Buffalo probably would have got the ball back with a minute eight to go and have a chance to to come back down the field. Could they? I don't know. But it had to be called. It had to be called. So it's second and 15. you got three more plays to get a first down. You have three more plays. And you can't yep. do it. Like, why are we not focusing on the lack of being able to get 15? They used to get 15 yards in two plays. So that was my biggest takeaway that, and we'll listen, we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes in a moment. But my biggest takeaway was they were so worked up about this play that you have three more shots after that. You go 0-3 in those opportunities. Like that's, you're so worked up about what didn't happen instead of focusing on your opportunity to still make a drive happen. That's what was frustrating. Like if you were a Chiefs backer, and I wasn't, I was on the Bills yesterday, so I was kind of reveling in their misfortune, to be honest with you. But like, that's the focus that you that I have if I'm a Kansas City fan or a backer in that situation. Like you had three more opportunities and you did nothing with it. Nothing, you know, and, and look, it, if I were to say to you as a Buffalo Bill backer, you're going to get Patrick Mahomes is going to get the ball with a minute 54 to go in the game, and he's going to have two timeouts remaining. And you're going to sit. What do you think you're going? To, what are you thinking at that moment? Because you were thinking when they got the ball, you're losing the game, or the Absolutely. best you could hope for was a tie, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That because yeah. like, that's what I said off the top. Like you, you gave. You gave Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs too much time at the end of the game. We've seen them come back too many times to to have confidence, especially like in a Bills defense that we know has had their fair share of problems this year. But here, let's listen to Patrick Mahomes after the game, his thoughts on the call. I mean, it's I mean, obviously tough to swallow. Um, I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that, I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that, and who knows if we win, but as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game, and that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag that didn't get called on the Marquez. Lost for words, man, it's just it's tough, because regardless if we win or lose, man, just just for the, the end with another game, and we're talking about the refs, man, it's just not what we want for any, for the NFL and for football. Like, like last week, it was a different situation, right? There's a blatant PI call. He's like, let him. Is he just mad that last week they let him play and they didn't end up on the right side of it? And this week they didn't let him play and he ended up on the wrong side of it? Like, is, is that what he's mad about? Because there was no accountability. Somebody had to have told him after the game that it was the right call, that Tony was offside. There's no disputing that. Andy Reid went into his press conference saying the same thing. Somebody had to tell him too. Like, like what I don't understand, what I don't understand is, is, he, they're the only people talking about it being offside. None of us are. Like, only the Chiefs are complaining about him being offside. Nobody else is complaining. It was the right call. Look, if you do something wrong and it doesn't get called, look, if he would have been a little bit offside, it's okay. But when the official can't officiate the game because the ball is covered up from his side, what do you want him to do? Ignore it? I mean, if they, if look, I, I, nobody says this, but Chris Jones is offside on almost every play. 
His helmet's in the neutral zone on almost every play. Nobody, I complain about it, but nobody calls it. Like, they get away with that constantly. They get away with that con- And now to complain about this, look, you had three chances to get 15 yards. Your offense isn't very good. Okay, this isn't the end of the year for your season. You can bounce back. You've got very winnable games ahead of you. You may have to not play a game in, 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 uh, at home for the first time in your NFL career, but so what? I mean, like, I don't understand why this is the story. The story should be how Buffalo once again almost melted down in the final two minutes. And here's what I will say, too, Stormy. I don't think that was Buffalo's A game, B game. I think it was a B-minus game for Buffalo, and they still beat the Chiefs. And they and they still won. So, okay, and I don't want to keep harping on the Chiefs of it all, but they are two and four over their last six games now, Michael. And I have a friend who is a therapist and something that she has said frequently is that when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Is this who Kansas City is right now? I think they are. Look, we said this yesterday morning, you and I, we talked. Any team that gets 20 or above points, they haven't been able to win. I mean, this started the opening day. It started opening day. They couldn't find a way to win against the Detroit Lions. They could not move the football. Look, it, We've, I said this yesterday. We talked about it. There's no formula that this is just going to get turned on. This is who they are. They have to accept it. Now, that doesn't mean they can't win. Their defense is good enough to win with, right? We know that. Their defense is good. They just have to accept how they're going to play. They're going to be in a lot of close games. They're going to be in a lot now. They're going to go to New England. They're a 10-point favorite on the road, which is a lot of points. But, you know, those are the kind of teams they can play. But when you look at good teams that they've played, Philly, you know, Philly the, Philly only had 238 yards of offense and won the game. Yeah. I mean, they beat the Raiders up. Okay, but the Ra- they spied the Raiders 14 points in that game. They got outscored 31-3. to three. They outscored the Raiders. 30. Then Green Bay, I thought Green Bay beat them half fair and square. They couldn't stop. Green Bay blocked them, and they struggled to move. They turned the ball over. Yesterday, they turned the ball over twice. Like, I think we got to stop this. I mean, yes, you're the champion. Yes, you're good, but you're right. You're two and four. And you and you, we talk about Philly being lucky. They should have lost. They could have easily lost the Miami game, right? They could have easily lost that game. The best game they played all year, really, was the last time that they played. The was when they played the Chargers in week in week seven of the season. That's when they we kind of thought, well, maybe they got it going now. But since then, they haven't gotten it going. So the Bills avoid the the self implosion, still give themselves a shot at the playoffs, albeit a longer a long shot, right? But when you keep on doing the comparison with Philadelphia, which of these contenders, which of these teams that we just saw play in a Super Bowl a year ago, are you more concerned about right now? Are you more concerned about Kansas City or Philadelphia, who now back to back games ha- has gotten embarrassed by the two other contenders in the NFC? I'm more concerned about Philly. Philly has has been outgained by their opponent in seven straight games. Philly's defense is not good. And when you get in the playoffs, you're going to play against people that can protect and block, which is going to attack their secondary, which doesn't tackle very well and doesn't cover. Philly's offense can move the football effectively, but their defense is such a problem, you've got to wonder, can they get control of the game? Kansas City is still a good team. Like, I still think they can beat, if they get Pacheco back, they can still win games. Their offensive line is nowhere near where it was last year. That's a fact, okay? They can't make explosive plays. That's another fact. And their receivers drop made too many balls. That's another fact. Their defense has to carry them. They're no different than the Denver Broncos. They have to play a style in Kansas City now. And that style lends itself to 10-play drives, 12-play drives, convert third downs, keep the game, you know, get the lead. We're not blowing anybody out. 
I mean, it was pretty clear when they had three attempts to get 15 yards, they couldn't get it done. And that used to be a no-brainer for them. And so something I, I, and we're up against this break already. So on the back end, we can dive more into the Eagles, Cowboys of it all. But for this Eagles defense, that's allowed 103 points in the last three games. They're not the same defense that they were a year ago, which I think puts that much more pressure on the offense that the margin for error is so slim. They've had turnovers the last couple of weeks. They've, they've had different issues with Jalen Hurts and his knee maybe hindering him a little bit that they don't look the same. Like they can't have those struggles because the defense isn't what it was no question you're completely right and look they're moving the ball and all three of those fumbles were they're moving the football but they don't score an offensive touchdown against them they couldn't they scored a defensive touchdown we'll get back into this game also one of the big teams that was selected in survivor an incredible escape the sweats for those folks yesterday unbelievable we are just getting started here on the lombardi line stick around There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. College ball season's here, and vsin has got an early Christmas present for you. Not a VSEN Pro subscriber yet? No problem. We're giving away this year's College Bowl betting guide to everyone. We've got spreads, totals, and expert picks from the Golics, Steve Mackinnon, and Brent Musburger on every single bowl game. Put a bow on this bowl season and get your free copy of the VSEN College Bowl betting guide absolutely free. VSEN.com slash bowl game is where you can do it. Again, it is free, 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 free 99. Make sure you get in there right away. Welcome back to the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni. Uh, to wrap up some of our conversation, Eagles-Cowboys last night. Dallas mm. dominates when their 15th game at home. It's their eighth straight home game where they've scored over 30 points. 33-13, the final there. And, and Mike McCarthy, Michael, despite having an appendectomy yeah. earlier in the week, was a, a masterful play caller again yesterday. What, what a turnaround. I feel like the narrative about Mike McCarthy has been this year. Yeah, you know, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, when you look at 
and I go back to, and I Googled it this morning to listen to all the people talk about, you know, when Mike decided to move on from Kellen Moore and take over the play calling, how much that was seen with disdain about how he ruined Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay and that he was a horrible play caller there and he couldn't run an offense. I mean, the guys won a Super Bowl, but he gets no credit for that at all. I mean, Jason Garrett, you know, was viewed as a guru offensively, but yet he never won a Super Bowl or called the games with a great offense. So give Mike credit. He knew what was wrong with his team and he fixed it. He did. He fixed it. He needed to control the offense. He wanted to call the game. And so far, the results have been unbelievable, undeniable, right? He's got Dak playing at an MVP level. The other thing is this team is built for the, for the turf. I mean, I think they're 16-1 and one on turf or 19-1 and one on turf. When they go on grass, you know, they, they, they become a little bit of a different team because it slows them down a little bit. But the speed of their offense, their execution offensively is incredible. And then we saw it in full form. I mean, I got a text from somebody in the media that said to me, during the broadcast, he said, do you think that that uh, Collins was going to mention that, you know, that the, the the 49ers went six possessions and scored and now the now the, the Cowboys went four more. That's 10 possessions yep. in the last two games where the opponent of the Eagles just went down the field and scored points. Yeah, in a row. Like you take out that kneel down, it's 10 consecutive possessions that that happened, which is crazy to think about. And for this Cowboys team, Michael, it seems like for them since that 49ers game where they did get embarrassed, they have been different. Like, I don't know if that was a refocusing moment or what, but they've been great ever since. They have a statement win. Dak Prescott is now the favorite to win MVP. My question is, they're, they're always a good regular season team, right? They're proving that maybe they can be a great regular season team. Is that going to translate to the playoffs? Because like, Maybe this is a no way, no doubt question later on this week. We don't have that on the show today, but like no way or no doubt that Dallas is going to get out of the divisional round. Well, I, th- I think there's no doubt they can. I, I'm not sold their defense is as good as, and I said it yesterday on the show. Look, I, you could make the case. The Eagles were driving for three scores when they all those fumbles occurred. They were in, those fumbles occurred in Dallas territory. Now that doesn't mean the Eagles are going to win the game. It's just that the Cowboys were fortunate. I thought Gilmore's play really was sensational. His ability to tackle A.J. Brown, he's a big corner. He gets the ball out. He stripped it. They made those plays. I also thought the Cowboy offensive line played their best game in a while. They protected Dak. I know Riddick got two sacks in the game, but for the most part, he had time to throw the football. And once again, you know, once again, the Eagles couldn't stop him from running the football. They gained 138 yards on the ground. Now, we talked about it on the show the first nine weeks of the season teams average 62 yards rushing against the Eagles the last five and now we got one more game it's been over 160 yards so you could attack this team offensively you could attack the Eagles from the from a standpoint you can run the ball plus you can throw any throw you want I mean none of their guys can cover Dak plus 160 in the MVP market Brock Purdy two to one Lamar Jackson plus 550 Jalen Hurts falls all the way to plus 650 and no shade to Dak Prescott very deserving MVP favorite uh, probably in the best position but I, w- I did find it interesting after Brock Purdy was already the favorite this past week that he got supplanted despite having like a 360 yard performance for him. <laughs> He gets no credit, that poor guy. He no throws darts. He throws darts like it's you can't believe. And yet nobody wants to give the poor kid credit. I Somebody sent me a stat today, and, and I haven't had an opportunity to check it out. 
but but the the stat basically said that that in in the last time a quarterback has thrown 70% in as many games in a row as Brock Purdy, the last one to do that was Joe Montana. Wow. And, and I know, like, we've talked about it a number of times with, with some of the things that he's done, like the perfect passer rating in a game, first time that a 49ers quarterback's done that since Joe Montana. We're not comparing the, him to Joe. That is an unbelievable career. It's a different level, but it's special within that organization to have some of those similarities and to see some shades of what Joe has done, right? Like, it's a, it's a very, very cool thing for a guy who gets no love and gets no credit, despite what he's being able to put out there on the football field week in and week out. And so we'll get more into the 49ers maybe a little bit later, but I want to, st- and cause they are the one seed now BT dubs, but um, mm-hmm. I, we got to talk about some of these survivor results from yesterday because oh boy. the Ravens squeak one out a back and forth game <sighs> with the Rams that ends on a 76 yard punt return touchdown in overtime. You have Somebody who picked the Vikings yesterday, who talk about a barn burner, win three nothing here in Las Vegas. Unbelievable. And then our own Adam Burke had the Browns and had to sweat out a game where he thought Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to start. And I mean, credit the Browns defense. They pick off Trevor Lawrence three times in that game. And Joe Flacco, uh, Joe Flacco, Comeback is, player of the Joe year. Flacco is elite. Comeback is it too is it too soon for that conversation? Bring that back. I think his numbers Flacco. down to hundred to one now. It went down to hundred yes, to one. Yes, down from two fifty to one. You're you're moving I mean, numbers, look, Michael. You're getting people invested in the market. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I thought if there's one team that could complain today about NFL officiating, and I'm all of them will. Don't get me wrong, but if there's one team that could, it's the Rams. That return to me was there was two blocks in the back that I saw live that I thought the flag was coming down for sure. I, I had no doubt in my mind that, that they were not getting away with that one. And yet they did. I mean, when Wallace took it, now remember, Wallace is only playing because Duvernay gets hurt. And he took that, and I saw him go down the left sideline. I thought for sure they were going to call. I don't know how you felt, but I think the Rams could make the argument. And I've seen on, on some clips, I've got to go back and watch it on the All-22, but I was surprised there wasn't any laundry on the field, especially yeah. considering my man Scott Novak's at the game, and he loves laundry. <laughs> Your favorite official. Your favorite official, Michael. And um, with this game, too, one of the big, another one of the takeaways, and it was a trend that we talked about going into the game, was that the Ravens typically do win these games where they are a touchdown or more favorite. They just do. But they don't cover. And this is another instance where that happened again. I want to say it's nine of their last 10 games that they've been a seven or more point favorite in a game. They have won the bulk of them, but they have only covered once in those 10 games. And I think really, and I said this on the podcast, I, you know, we always give out awards on the podcast and for the best game plan. I thought McVay's game plan was marvelous. Like, here's where I am on this game. Are we sure the Ravens are good on defense? Mm. Are we sure about that? You know, because I'm not. I mean, I'm, I watch them run the football. Now, I know Kyle Hamilton got hurt and all that, and they had injuries. We all have injuries, right? Ever, that happens to everybody. But to me, I watched Cleveland come back in the fourth quarter with Deshaun Watson. They ran the football on them. Remember that game? Cleveland had, Cleveland had 195, 178 yards rushing in that game, right? You know, I know they beat up on some bad teams, but to me, like if they go against a good offense, are they going to be good enough? Now they got to go on the road twice. They got to go to Jacksonville. We know Jacksonville doesn't play great at home, and they got to go to San Francisco. Remember, they Jacksonville beat them down there last year. A weird game, but Jacksonville moved the ball on them last year down there. 
and then they got to go out to San Francisco, and then they got Miami and Pittsburgh, Baltimore. This is not an easy walk in the park. So they've got three really good offenses that they're going to have to face. We're going to find out about how good they are defensively. I, I'm I'm not sure that their numbers meet yeah. exactly who they are. Obviously, second in total yards um, allowed defensively. So it's that's interesting to say. Maybe not as good as, as the numbers and stats and analytics might lend you to believe about this Baltimore team. Great, great performance from L.A. Um, a, another example, and I know you've talked about Sean McVay and the coaching job that he's done a, a number of times, but it feels like that was another game where you're yeah. seeing that evidence, especially offensively. He came out of the game, Storm. I don't know if you watched it. He starts the game off with nine straight runs with, with really no respect at all for the front. Just said, I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to show you we're tougher than you are. I'm going to show you that the weather doesn't bother us. We're from sunny Los Angeles, and we're going to run the ball right down your throat. Now, they kicked a field goal, but they were they never buckled. You know, they went toe-to-toe. I thought Lamar was great in the game. He gave us a Lamar performance. But to me, I was impressed with the Rams after that. Look, I think it's his best coaching job. I would vote for him for coach of the year, either him or Sean Payton, because I think when you look at the talent on this team and you see what he's been able to accomplish with a quarterback and a couple receivers, it's pretty remarkable. Speaking of Sean Payton, Spanos family probably kicking themselves as they had to see the guy they could have had on the opposite sideline crush them this past week. Another loss for the Chargers. We got TG coming up next. We'll go behind the counter, talk a little sportsbook angles with Thomas Gable when he joins us, but so many more games to get into throughout the next two hours. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, or you can see which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You can come join us for just $9.99 at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're rolling along on this Monday edition of the Lombardi Line. Time to welcome into the program like we do every week around this time. Thomas Gable, TG, director of the race and sportsbook out there at the Borgata in Atlantic City. H- how many people do you have screaming at the sportsbook televisions yesterday when uh, the Eagles performed the way that they did on Sunday night? <laughs> well, it was it was interesting the way that that game was bet here because um, we the best case scenario would have been Cowboys winning the game, but not covering the the three and a half there. If they would have won by one, two or three, we would have been uh, uh, awesome, awesome result. But um, so we ended up losing on the side on spread. I should say uh, Eagles money line though. Uh, they take a bigger bet on the Eagles money line for 125,000. Um, so, and people were betting the, the Philly money line. So we, we made out good there and we also won on the total uh, is that total uh, closed 52 and a half uh, went up a point uh, over both the first half and the full game was getting bet very heavily throughout the day yesterday. So ended up winning on the, uh, on the total there. Uh, so ended up very good result for the, for the house uh, for us uh, overall and uh, led to a winning day for us as well in the NFL. So I, I can't complain with the result. And what what were you surprised at how poorly the Eagles 
continued this trend? I mean, what was the reaction in the book? I know that it's well, doom and gloom around here right now. Yeah, I, I mean, that was the uh, that was what people were saying. You know, today on WIP, I'm sure people agree, jumping off the Walt Women Bridge or ready to jump off the Walt Women Bridge in Philly. But it's uh, you know, this is the kind of the end of that string of really tough games that Philly uh, had on the schedule. Now they go, they have an extra day of rest here. They get the, um, they get Seattle on Monday night. Uh, and then they close with uh, the giants and uh, Arizona. So it, it, it gets a lot easier here for Philly. I still think that they should be able to uh, win this division because the Cowboys schedule gets much more difficult for them. Um, but you know, the Eagles just looked completely gassed uh, in this game. They they just didn't have uh, any energy really on uh, on offense. They couldn't get anything going there. And defensively, I mean, we've seen it now week after week after week. Uh, people are able to move the ball. They're able to score almost at will on the Eagles' defense. A completely different defense than, than what we saw last year from them. They're just not getting the pass rush like they did last year. Uh, sacks are way down year over year. And that's all kind of leading to how the Eagles are, are currently looking right now. Meanwhile, I mean, you, Michael, I'm sure you, uh, Michael, you probably have them, uh, lowered them in your powder ratings. I'm sure. I, I have been lowering them, you know, because they, they, they haven't really ever been, you know, we, we've talked about this for so long, even when they were on that streak beating bad teams, we would never felt like their numbers were good. You know, and my systems are all based on numbers. And so now the numbers are really bad. You know, they're reflective in this and they turn the ball over, which is something they didn't do. Look, they're capable of beating anybody on any given Sunday. We know that they're good offensively and they were driving the ball for points against the Cowboys and turned it over. But they're they're missing defensively. They're not nowhere near the same team. Everybody was complaining about Jonathan Gannon last year. Well, this year's defense is way worse. And as we kind of move that game forward to next week, because the the Cowboys now still have another tough test where they're actually, when you look around at some of the numbers, an underdog, despite having four straight weeks of great games and another big performance against an NFC contender yesterday against the Bills in Buffalo coming up this week. And obviously Buffalo had the success that they did yesterday in Kansas City, even if there there was a little bit of anger um, from the press conferences in Arrowhead later. Yeah. So uh, again, I I mean, Buffalo right now is obviously uh, playing for their playoff lives uh, every week uh, as we move forward and they must win yesterday. They got the job done there in Kansas city. Um, And, you know, I I bumped up their power rating a half a point uh, from last week. Now going into that, I would make this game honestly a pick them in Dallas or I'm sorry, in Buffalo. uh, But, uh, the market, you, you've seen the market now push this game. Uh, bills are now two-point favorite. A lot of places, you're one and a half or two, depending where you're looking. Um, so, a- again, Buffalo is kind of in this situation where they must win every single week. Dallas now kind of starts uh, the string of, of, of tough opponents for them. Uh, but, I mean, listen, Dallas has looked very, very good for quite a few weeks now. And, um we we all knew the narrative going into this week against the Eagles, uh, where Dallas hasn't been able to to beat good opponents. They haven't been able to beat opponents with a winning record. Well, they just did the first time, and uh, now they get Buffalo here, who is also obviously trending upward uh, from where they were a few weeks ago. So you have two teams 
that are kind of trending upwards in the power ratings. And the market right now is telling you they got more confidence in Buffalo at home. Yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. It, it really is. I mean, the way things have spent. And I'm not, you know, everybody thinks the Seattle game will be an easy game. What do you have that line set on? Are you getting eagle money? Because everybody's anticipating they're going to just jump. They're going to go right down Seattle and kill them. Well, I, you know, I don't think you can anticipate that with the way that the Eagles have looked. Um, you know, they've, they've looked just so tired the last couple of weeks. And yeah, even getting an extra day of rest, I don't know how anyone can expect the Eagles to just suddenly turn it on here. Now, um, Eagles are three and a half point favorites on the road, but going across country here. And uh, again, it, it, it's going to come down to, well, is, is Geno Smith going to play? Uh, you know, you saw the wide movement uh, in the Seattle game this week against the Niners when, uh, when Geno was ruled out there. So really, I guess it, if you bet the Niners, it was really depending uh, when you bet them, if you cash that ticket or not, because um, they were able to cover, you know, if you were able to get 10 and a half or, or um, 11 and a half or whatever, but you weren't beating the closing number if you were betting the Niners on the closing number. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what the status of Geno is there. But I, I don't think this is a gimme game for Philly coming up, going across country to Seattle. Thomas Gable, no, director it, of the Racing Stormy, Sportsbook at the Borgata with I mean, us. Go ahead. It's not. I mean, he's right. I mean, the line opened. I don't know what you opened, TG, but there are some shops that opened four and a half, and it went down to four, three and a half immediately. Yeah, I opened four. I opened four. And, uh, yeah, you're pretty much seeing three and a halfs across the board right now. TG, let's go to tonight, Monday night, doubleheader. Miami, a two-touchdown favorite against the Titans at home. The Giants as well, getting six in MetLife, taking on the Packers. How much uh, Tommy Cutlets love are you getting? I know you take a lot of Giants action. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, it, it's kind of one of these uh, games where if you look at just the ticket split, uh, Packers are taking the majority of the tickets, but the money is almost dead even here right now uh, in in that one. And uh, getting two games to kick off at the same time, it, it's uh, a little interesting. Uh, no, no staggered of start times tonight. So, and and the Titans and Dolphins now. Dolphins, you said. Uh, up to 14 point favorites, uh, open 13. And, uh, again, the, you're starting to see some Tennessee money now coming in, uh, taking the 14. So, uh, there's just so much, uh, money line parlay liability though, tied into the dolphins tonight. It, that one's going to be tough. Uh, but so we'll, we'll, uh, see how much Titans money continues to come in here, uh, getting the 14, but the, the Packers and giants game right now, Almost dead even on the money uh, at this point, the way it's being bet here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the line didn't go to seven and tick back down. It moved slightly to six at some shops here today. But, I mean, you're asking Tommy Cutlets to do a lot here now. I mean, the Packers have played well. Everybody thinks the Packers' number's inflated. I think if this number was over seven, it would be inflated. I mean, I, I just don't see the Giants. I mean, the reaction that, that Tyrod Taylor had to him not starting told me all I needed to know. Well, that's the interesting thing here. If you're the Giants, why are you not starting Tyrod Taylor if he's able to go? Uh, I mean, yeah, you can rely on Barkley here in this one. We know Green Bay's not great against the run defensively. Uh, so you figure Barkley's probably going to be leaned on pretty heavily. But uh, why wouldn't you start Taylor in this spot? 
Probably because when your mom makes your bed, you have a lot of extra time that you can spend in the film room. You know, like you don't have to worry about these little things anymore. <laughs> TG, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you, pal. All right. Thank you. <laughs> it's Thomas Gable, director of the recent sportsbook over there at the Borgata. And Michael, uh, I'm, I'm just... I'm just saying, you know, uh, Tommy DeVito, by the way, for anybody who missed our show yesterday, Michael's lowest power rated quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, I don't know how I'll, who else could beat him. Not Zach Wilson, because we got we <laughs> no, got to give this, we got to give this kid his flowers, Some by love, the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. After all of the craziness that he had to deal with th- this past week, best half of his career. We will be right back on the Lombardi line, breaking it all down. Week 14 in the NFL was a doozy. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN, that's V-S-I-N, DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Now, yesterday in the NFL, the first time since 1988 that two teams were scoreless at halftime. One was Vikings Raiders, which ended in a 3-0 push, lowest scoring indoor game in NFL history, RIP to the 87% of bettors that had tickets on the over in that game. And then the other was Jets-Texans, who despite being scoreless at halftime, ended up going over the pregame total because of the way that they closed out the second half. 30-6, to six, Jets win, and holy Zach Wilson. Who was that guy in the mm. second half, Michael? Well, you know, it's funny. When you're, when you're sitting there and it's 0-0, zero to zero, you're watching the game. It's an ugly game to watch. It's just a punting contest in the, first, in the first half, right? 
you know, the Jets had five punts and the Texans had six. So you saw 11 punts in the first half. And wow. neither team could get it going. I mean, I think Zach Wilson had nine completions in the first half, right, for 92 yards, nothing going. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get the ball to start the second half and boom, 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 they're, you know, seven plays touchdown, eight plays touchdown. Like, where did this come from? And, you know, and then C.J. Stroud gets the concussion and they, they kind of lose out. They lose him. So... Look, credit Zach Wilson for coming in playing the best half of football I think he's had. Scored 30 points, the second most points they've scored all year. More points than they scored in the last two games combined or last three games combined. So, yeah, and their defense was outstanding. I, I think this Texans team has hit the wall. When they've, when, you know, losing Tank Dell was hard. Then no Dalton Schultz on the field. Then they lose Nico Collins. I mean, you're not good enough to have that many players go away from your team to compensate for, and then you lose the quarterback. So, you know, it was interesting. I kept writing all week long. Why are people, why is there so much pro money coming in on the Jets? Now I know why. Yeah, uh, C.J. Stroud, even before the concussion, 10 to 23, 91 yards without his weapons just wasn't the best day for him. But credit Zach Wilson again, his second half numbers, 18 to 21, 209 yards, two touchdowns, no picks on the day. He goes over 300, a career high 117.9 passer rating, 75 percent completions in the end. What was a five game losing skid? And you talk about the scoring issues that this team has had, Michael, for perspective, they had a stretch over that five-game losing streak where they had just four offensive touchdowns in 88 possessions. Yesterday, they had three touchdowns on seven second-half possessions, and three of the other four, they still had field goals out of. So it was a, it was just a completely different mode than we've seen from the Jets' offense. And something that I was asking producer Elliot about earlier that I'd, I'd love your opinion on, why now were they saying, hey, Zach, go let loose, go play free, go do what you do best and what works for you? Like, why is it when the season is yeah. over and there's no playoff hopes, that's when you give him the reins and say, hey, go be yourself? I mean, we said it after week one. We said, OK, do what he does well. Yeah. You know, look, the great story of the NFL this year is Sean Payton changing the, the, the fortunes of the Broncos, right? Losing 70 to 20 and deciding, you know what? I lost a shootout to the commanders in week two. You know, I lost by one point to the Raiders. Both teams are not very good. I got to change what I do. And he did. And I don't think the Jets have ever done that. Now, I don't know if this can continue. Because, you know, next week they've got to go down to South Beach. they got to play against a very good defense. But if he can throw the football like that, it's not going to be the way it was with Bledsoe, where they gave up two pick six for scores. So, you know, I was surprised how ineffective Houston's offense was, credit to the Jets' defense. But to me, this this Texans' offense has kind of run a little bit because of the the, the lack of depth. They've run out of gas a little bit. And I hate to think that... You know, to me, I don't think Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, or Houston are playoff teams. I think Denver, Buffalo, and Cincinnati are better playoff options. Well, and it's interesting you say that because the AFC playoff picture is pretty crazy to look at right now. We'll pull it up on the screen. You've got Cleveland there in the first wild card slot at eight and five, but Texans, Steelers, Colts, Broncos, Bengals, Bills. All seven and six. And I think this could present an interesting betting opportunity because all of those got all of those teams are favored to the no. So there's a lot of plus money out there. If you pick the right other teams to make that wild card to make the playoffs, like there's money to be made there if you pick the right teams. No question. And I think to me, 
what you should start off with, like anything that you're picking, you just have to start off with eliminating. I, I don't see the Colts, unless they improve defensively, I don't see the Colts being able to be a consistent playoff team. But their schedule is so favorable, you can't ignore them. I don't see the Texans, especially if Stroud misses games, being a legitimate playoff team. Their schedule favors them. So you've got to balance the two. I like Buffalo to come back. I thought all Buffalo needed for me was a split between Kansas City and Dallas. They got that. They can still get to 10 wins. Challenging, but they could. You know, I think Cincinnati yesterday proved something to me by the dominating second half. I mean, look, they gave up the pick six at the end of the first half, which was a killer and got the team tied up. But then Browning was very good in the game the rest of the game. And and Chase Brown gives them another element as a runner. And their defense played their best game since week five against since week four against the Cardinals. So that was impressive. And Denver just is a hard team to play, right? Denver's a hard team to play because they're not going to give you the game. They gave it to Houston last week. They weren't giving it away this week. And then, of course, you know, they were able to, once Herbert got out, that was it. And so that was the end of the season. I mean, look, the Raiders had every opportunity to win that game yesterday, the Hunter Renfro fumble. They couldn't move the ball. I think what we're seeing from the Raiders is the Aiden O'Connell experiment has kind of run its course, right? He's living off the gas fumes of preseason, right? It's a little bit like we saw with Dorian Robinson Thompson, although they integrated him within the offense this week, but there's just not anything there. They, They really, that game, if you want to criticize, I mean, he should have gone to Garoppolo in the game. Really, he should have put yeah. Garoppolo in the game and given the team a chance to win because they were never going to score points. Yeah, and it's uh, when you're in week 14, you can't be living off of preseason and what you did then. That's that's just not how it works in the National Football League. And I feel like every time I looked up and caught a glimpse of the Raiders game on my TV, I was like, God, like he looks bad. It's, yeah, why it's not didn't a good he go to, Why didn't he? I mean, give O'Connell credit. He changed. You know, and O'Connell was very clear. He said, hey, look, I want to give Dobbs as many chances as I can, but if this is a close game and we're not playing well, I'm going to change quarterbacks. I, I didn't understand why the end. Where did Aiden O'Connell become this legendary great player that he wasn't going to get challenged to not play? Michael, they uh, haven't, I mean, haven't seen enough. Haven't haven't seen enough, yeah. right? That's how that's okay. how it works. Um, to, to give right, a little we'll <laughs> to give a little betting context um, to some of those teams that we just ran down in the playoff picture, though. Buffalo minus one forty five to the no, plus one fifteen. Yes, if they're able to make their way in. Cincinnati minus three fifty. No, plus two seventy price. If you think they can work their way in, maybe we got a quarterback controversy in Cincinnati with the two JB <laughs> initial guys. I mean, it's been Jake Browning. It's been fun to watch. We thought they were dead in the water when Burrow went down, and and he's I really did. helped put things together. And the Broncos, minus 155, no, plus 125 to the yes. They're 6-1 and one their last seven games. NFL high, 18 takeaways during that span, including two yesterday. And now, like, only one game back in the AFC West from the Kansas City Chiefs. The turnaround has been has been remarkable. And because you did mention um, the Justin Herbert of it all, too, at 5-8, and eight, the Chargers, Herbert fractures his index finger in the game, potentially a season-ending injury um, from that standpoint. So... Uh, just an, another bad look for Brandon Staley, who, like I mentioned earlier, you feel for the the ownership group that could have had Sean Payton, who was over there on the other sideline yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, and clearly Sean's done a remarkable job of, of understanding his team and working towards the strength of his team. And you give him complete credit for that. And I don't think that, that you know, wherever, what happened to this great Charger offense? Now, maybe they'll get Josh Palmer back in time for Thursday night, but 
really, Denver attacked the protections. Denver went after them, you know, and this is going to be a really hard game for them. They have no running game. As much as I love Eckler, we said this on the t- we said this Sunday morning. There's nothing there, you know. Stick. Yeah. They had trouble protecting him in the pocket. I, I think this is going to be a. I don't. Here's what I will. I've, I've said all year. I don't think the Chargers are as talented as everybody thinks they are. They have a few talented players. I don't think they have a very good roster. I really don't. I think their roster is overvalued by a lot of people in the market. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair statement. They are certainly paid as if they are as as talented as we talk about, though. Um, Easton Stick, by the way, North Dakota State guy in that family. Mm-hmm. And we also saw this weekend um, with all the coaching carousel that's going on, found this interesting. While NDSU is in mm-hmm. the FCS playoffs this week, Matt Entz, their head coach, who's won championships with them, um, he he is actually going to be the linebackers coach moving forward at USC. So they get Grinch out of there, they get a new DC, and then they bring in a guy who's won championships at linebacker. So maybe, just maybe, USC can have a formidable defense. Who, I Maybe. Mean, and how, how how happy must be Ence's family when they move from North Dakota to Southern California? That's what Whoa, I Whoa, that's going to be a change, huh? I, I tweeted back at the athletic Stuart Mandel yesterday when he said, wow, like get, this is a, a huge get for their coaching staff. He said he just wanted to get out of the cold. We'll be right back. More Lombardi line coming up. We'll preview the doubleheader Monday Night Football as we kick off hour two. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 